Welcome to Get to Work Hurley, your podcast for pro writers, fans, and geeks of all sorts. And now your host, Cameron Hurley. Hey, Cameron. Hey, how's it going? We have a special guest with us today. I'm, I'm very special. excited. You're special. I know a lot of regular listeners will be uh, familiar with Murr, but uh, Tim, do you want to give Murr the uh, special like here's this hip awesome writer and she's so cool and she's talking to us kind of intro i'm not really familiar but i will do my <laughs> best um you uh you might know mer lafferty from her podcast i should be writing um also ditch diggers with matt wallace just has a new book out chaos terminal the second book in the midsolar murders series the second one the first one came out last year station eternity also the author of six wakes and several other books and uh a editor for escape pod am i missing anything i mean there's a there's a whole lot of there's a, there's whole a lot of things, of things you're missing yeah award i wear a lot of hats. award well yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to you know get too effusive here i just you know we got to keep me humble. Got to keep her humble. Right, exactly. Humble, humble. Mur yeah, like Murr needs humbling. Please, you got to talk her up, Tim. You got to talk her up. We're what? speaking with award winning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had AI write a um, bio for Murr. Well, that's your first mistake. And it was so flowery with like, <laughs> Murr has inspired millions of writers. <laughs> Mer discovered her... her love of literature at an early age. <laughs> She's an inspiration to a generation of science fiction podcasters. I'm like, well, I think this is a little over the top AI. Well, I know. I think it's you... true, though. It is but true. It scraped been... the internet. That scraped the internet. How long have you been podcasting, Mer? You since the very beginning. Since there yeah, was since 2004. Yeah. So 19 years. Yep. 19 years. Yep. OG. It was cool. It was you and Adam Curry. That was it. Just pretty much. Yeah, a handful of others. Dave Slusher. Yeah, I was inducted into the Podcast Academy Hall of Fame alongside Adam Curry, and he just did not pay any attention to any other inductees. He did not care about the rest of us. <laughs> he was on MTV. He doesn't have to care know, about anyone. I know. I know. He, he <laughs> he's got to have that feathery hair, and that's all that matters. The funny feathery thing is. Hair. I don't know anybody who ever listened to the podcast that he did. Is it still, he still do I've it? I've never heard of him. So I don't know if he still does it. I, I listened to it mainly because there wasn't a lot to listen to back then. Right. Right. It was like early I'm serious. YouTube. Like, it's like we no, had no, only I, four channels right? when I was a kid. I was going to say I was barely on the internet in 2004. Yeah. So I certainly didn't have a smartphone. That's for sure. Adam yeah. Curry was an MTV VJ in the in the 90s and then in the 2000s he quote unquote invented podcasting <laughs> so we have that I, I but i don't know what it sounds like i think he also invented feathery hair for dudes mm. uh, no 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 okay. brett White michaels came first that. brian adams brett uh, michaels michaels from poison oh okay you Dude, know i don't know all the names of people 
people in Poison. I'm sorry. You don't know. You don't know Ricky Rocket, drummer Ricky Rocket of Poison. Okay, we should move on. This is a bad territory. For yeah, us to be in. we've already had an argument about Starship Troopers, so oh, we're just, Tim and I are just like yeah, kicking off. Cameron, get each other's throats. So, yeah, she right. does not okay. like Starship Troopers. The the film or the, the film? Oh, the film's hilarious. Kind of hilarious. That's okay, Mer. To each their own. <laughs> I don't know. You got to have a red line sometimes. He wanted a midsummer murder instead, not mm-hmm. a Starship Trooper. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Tim and I, both paused. I was I waiting for you to go. You. I, I'm waiting for you all. So, um, so Mer, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about this series that you kicked off last year and what it was that uh inspired you to write the midsummer uh, murder mysteries and why do you keep writing them besides the money you're not allowed to yeah me. and because, because for three my books. publisher bought it is not a, not a reason okay mer okay okay um i really enjoy uh amateur sleuth stories i like miss fisher and father brown and uh the new mrs Sidhu and just all of these the amateur sleuths that everyone loves jessica fletcher you know being i don't know if she's the original but she's the oldest one i remember as being ubiquitous kind of thing miss marple kind of but oftentimes people would die near miss marple and they would go get her and say help us out with this Mm -hmm. so she wasn't quite on the scene but it felt like all these other amateur sleuths people just drop dead around them which is great because then they're there and they can solve it and make the police look stupid and it'll be homey and there's probably strawberry scones involved. And uh, all I keep, like, I like these stories, but I keep thinking, why would anyone go to Father Brown's church? Why Why would anyone go to a party if Miss Fisher, Miss Fisher showed up? I'd be like, oh, it's that really fun, stylish woman. I'm getting the hell out of here. Because someone's Mrs. going Sidhu. to die. Yeah, don't call Mrs. Sidhu to do your catering. No, right? no, I no. Just finished up that one. Yeah, absolutely not. Do not call her. Yeah. No. Someone's going to die. Yeah, so, and I realized, like, occasionally we'll have the the cop who says, oh, it's you, you're really annoying me, you need to stop meddling. Or at the very most, they'll go like, why are you always here before I am or something? But no one's like, no, really. Why are all of these bodies falling around you and investigating the actual sleuth? So I decided to make a real world person in that position who kept having people die around her, including like friends or friends of friends or sisters of boyfriends. And um, she decided she'd had enough. The FBI wanted to investigate her every single time someone died and, uh, so because I'm a big nerd, I didn't want to just do an amateur sleuth thing. I wanted to throw some science fiction into it. So I started thinking about Babylon 5 being the big diplomatic space station. And I thought, what if there was a diplomatic space station that didn't allow humans on board? And she tried to go live there because maybe whatever makes her be this way is uh, not is would not go as far as to affect aliens. So she goes to live on uh, Station Eternity because I hate bureaucracy and red tape so much that I didn't even, I just hand wave that. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll go to this space station that doesn't allow humans. Hey, space station, can I come to you? And space station's like, sure, sure, come on up. So um, I just basically said she had a, she, she asked for a special favor and she was intriguing enough to get, to get allowed. But um 
she she's has has a good time there trying to figure out how to live among aliens when there's actually no like space deli as matt wallace likes to say but uh when humans start to come because they start allowing human like uh tourists aboard that's when the murders start again so that was station eternity and in um uh i developed a couple of alien races two alien friends uh, did some things that their homeworlds did not like in the first book. And the second book is kind of the reckoning for them. And there's a uh, almost all seeing hive mind. Um, they're kind of like a computer that only sucks data in and doesn't really like to output any of it. So, um, and they're quite full of themselves. So they're pretty much claiming they're infallible and they're not. So book two comes in with a new threat that no one anticipated and very few people even had this kind of threat on their history books. And, um, and that, you know, I, because it's doing science fiction and murder mystery, I'm doing like a science fiction B plot of Mallory and her friends at the space station, but I still have to put a murder in there. So a bunch of people, most of which are connected to Mallory from her past come aboard and uh one of the guys dies so there's there's investigating that murder and there's um what's going on with the station because she also starts to leave or orbit she's she's a sentient station so she leaves orbit and they have to figure out why and and how to stop it and um yeah i i like a lot of hand waving in my science fiction it pretty much is science fantasy let's not fool anybody but um yeah i was gonna go somewhere with this cameron i don't think cameron was here when i was telling tim i had a headache and so first i was in a lot of pain and now the meds are taking hold which means the pain's going away but the fuzziness is starting to hit a little bit but um why do i keep writing them they're fun uh you wanted the the full you wanted the the answer that was beyond the obvious which yeah, is beyond the I, obvious that we I got a three book deal and they wanted more but um you know i've had I, you know, I set up things for more B-plot stuff to keep going with the aliens and the humans aboard. And then um, just, you know, the actual murders are, don't come to me as easily as the science fiction plot. So I'm like, okay, I've got the B-plot of what's going to happen in this book, but I have to come up with an A-plot because it really is a murder mystery first. And so that's where I struggle a little bit. So uh, the third book is uh, Infinite Archive, and I turned it in last month for first draft. So we'll see how many edits that needs to go through. But um, yeah, that one was fun. It, it has a... Uh, one of the sentient ships has been used to download the entirety of the human earth internet. So you basically got the internet floating around in space. So, and how do you, cause this is emerging of genres. So just like, again, I'm thinking like from, from the professional aspect and you did, you have said that it, it kind of was a struggle. Like you're not used to writing the murder mystery. So um, how did you go about, melding those two genres together that you really haven't worked as much you know in the murder mystery like what was that kind of process like day to day 
Well, I when, when I sold my first murder mystery, I panicked because I realized I don't know how I sold this because I don't know anything about writing murder mysteries. So I just started to read a lot of Agatha Christie and a lot of um, a lot of the things people around that time wrote. Like they, they had their little cabal of of mystery writers, and they made their their rules of what needs to be in a mystery and what you can't have, including jiggery pokery. No jiggery pokery. <laughs> I'm quoting. Can you explain what that means? You don't. You don't know. It doesn't no. actually just say it. It's like Liberty Gibbet. I mean, Liberty Gibbet. Yeah. I believe it's. I believe it's like no magic. No. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Some. I used the word hanky today. At okay. Work and no one believed it was a real word. I'm like, yes, it's a real word. So yeah, jiggery pokery. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Um, yeah. So I, I did all that. I read, I, I learned the, um, you know, the basics, the basics that I realized a lot of people don't think about on a, on a core level, which is, you know, everyone's got to have a means motive and opportunity to do the murder or else you're not going to have enough suspects. Um, and I just read a lot of Agatha Christie and I don't know why, but I'm not very good with classic books. Yes, I've got an English degree, but I'm not saying I enjoyed it. Like everyone talks about Bronte's and and uh, the, the all the Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice and all those books and how how awesome they are. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't get a hold of them. I just can't, I I can't get my footing to enjoy this. And I feel that way about a lot of classic mysteries. Um, I really dislike Sherlock Holmes because it's all about how smart he is, but they don't tell you, the reader, what the clues are until he does his magic solve. And then he's pointing out all the clues that the narration did not tell us. So, you know, next time somebody complains that Cameron or I are writing a Mary Sue, we should just point to Sherlock Holmes because it's just like, I'm going to show up and do some cocaine and play on my violin and solve this. (laughs) Not going to tell you anything about how I do it. Oh, Um, You know, and I tried Dennis Lehane, and um, I'm thinking of a female writer, but Shirley Jackson is the word that comes to mind, and she was horror, so I can't remember. Sue Lord, Grafton? No, no, I'm thinking, like, much older. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so, but basically, Agatha Christie, I could get into, and um, so I, I felt like I learned a lot. I know that, that with, like, mysteries and thrillers these days, people are doing just mind-blowing stuff some of the stuff they keep trying to do weirder than the last book so it gets really really weird um like domestic thrillers like yeah no she really kidnapped herself yeah Yeah. i just realized that the the game final fantasy 8 has kind of a american domestic thriller thing because you've got this group of kids who are fighting this big beautiful scary witch lady and then like later on in the game you find out that she was your babysitter when all of you were children (laughs) so yeah Yeah, domestic thrillers are really a yeah uh kind of the more modern you know mashup of like mystery and gothic yeah and i do enjoy reading them but i i've not really tried to dip my feet in that um I mean, some of them like are amazing and blow my mind and other ones are just like, okay, so that's, mm-hmm. that happened. And then one, one went, I, I didn't, Riley Sager had a book and I think sometimes he does go into the paranormal type stuff. So, but I didn't know that. 
And so when the 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 answer was it's a ghost, mm-hmm. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, Sarah Penbro had one of those where you get to the end and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I admire a lot of the modern day storytelling for that, but I I felt like I got a handhold on how Agatha Christie did it, and now I just have to do it as well as she, or maybe half as well as she did. That might be neat. What I like about her is that after she and her friends built up all these rules, she then it's like you can almost go down her list of books and point out which of those rules she decided to break. Like the narrator can't be the murderer. Okay, well, I'll show you. And uh, there has to be a sleuth who solves it. And I'm like, okay, well, and then there were, and then there were none. So there's that. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, I you know, she made the rules and she broke them. Exactly. She's allowed to. She was that good. Uh, so yeah, I studied at the feet of of Dame Agatha and tried to um, not study the downsides of her work with almost all the isms you can think of. So, yeah. I have a question about. You mentioned that you turned in your first draft for Infinite Archive. Can you talk a little bit about the draft process for the first two books? <laughs> for the first two books, oh, that's easier. Okay. Um, it was hard um, when when the pandemic hit and I was trying to write Station Eternity, um, both my agent, my agent quit being an agent and my, in a couple of months, or maybe right before that. Anyway, it's like in the same, in fall of 2020, my editor got laid off and she was the reason I went with Ace and she got laid off. My agent quit being an agent. And so suddenly there's a pandemic. It's everything scary. There's lockdown. And I have a new editor and a new agent who've never worked with me before. So 2021 was really tough because I turned in a book that they weren't expecting because they hadn't bought it. You know, my, my editor hadn't bought it. So um, it needed extensive rewrites and uh, they took, they actually took it off the schedule because they didn't want it they didn't want to schedule it until it was they were satisfied it could be a final draft because this was a new publisher for me. So, um, but I was also doing a novella at that time and I had to do extensive rewrites on that. So that time was a really big ego hit because I'm just like, I can't write anything anymore. So um, Station Eternity needed a lot of, of edits. And I think once my editor understood that i understand i don't turn in perfect things i am not a precious snowflake i'm sensitive about all kinds of things but like my work i'll take i'll take a a constructive criticism to make it better i don't care and i needed help i knew i wanted help so with our guidance and a couple of things some more time i finally got station eternity to a point and chaos terminal was a lot easier um, I, I don't know. I just had the, uh, Cameron and I are both good friends with, with T. Kingfisher slash Ursula Vernon and Ursula collects terrible facts about animals and holds them in a little bag. And when Amazing she sees me, facts. she brings Amazing them out. Amazing facts. Amazing facts. Yes. So she was, uh, uh, the hive mind of the sundry are pretty much all because of Ursula. And so I had 
so that that drove me to to choose some major plot points for the second book is some of the stuff she told me and um then i just you know worked through some high school crap by taking a lot of taking a handful of people from my memories and putting them in the murder mystery so that's that's the healthy way to do it right cameron <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying i murdered the high school people i'm just saying <clears throat> hopefully you change the names right right yeah 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 okay good yeah i i want to mention um you mentioned ursula who <laughs> spoiler alert is also someone that i support as a assistant i'm planning a, a, a my own conference it's gonna be called tim fest <laughs> and it's gonna happen at cameron's house we're all just gonna go and play with sprocket sprocket the dog yeah sprocket oh the dog yeah <laughs> that'll be happening uh in a future time period excellent that's tim fest <laughs> are ursula and i invited is that what yes you brought it up? okay the, well you didn't tell that part you're the, you are say the you gotta crowdfund that shit man yeah you better crowdfund unless you're unless you're hauling all of them out there i think i'm not on not on that salary probably yeah not on no yeah uh, you will have to provide your own accommodations yeah. accommodations mm-hmm. drinks eventually i want to own the whole block there's a church across the way i could get another a church of hurley to go with the church Jeez. of Aldi up there so. nice you're like ben it's, gazzara in roadhouse you're just you know, buying well, the whole town I, I would like to it's just i gotta finish a book and then I'd get an hbo deal like everyone don't we all just yeah. need one hbo deal Mer? just one just come one. on like that's the thing i'm not greedy i don't need like 75 deals i just need like one real good netflix or hbo deal what about like stars because netflix uh, hbo is kind of going downhill a little bit they're they're like switching over to reality programming see here's here's the thing it's like um it's like mer talking about the her editor leaving and stuff like that that happens in hollywood too all the time where you've got the head Mm -hmm. programming leaving so you've got something in development and then it's not anymore or you've got something that is great and then it's not anymore so that's a whole other kettle of fish yeah I was actually talking to um, Scalzi at New York Comic-Con about how, you know, I, I don't, this is completely selfish on my part, but I don't even need it to be a good TV show <laughs> because <laughs> right? like Dresden books. Files still yeah. introduced mm-hmm. millions of people yes. yep. to Harry Dresden and now Jim Butcher's huge. Yeah. And, like there were enough people who liked that show that failed that put him on Gravy Train Mm-hmm. you know and so yeah they can just it doesn't even have to be a good one like Lamageddon level good <laughs> i did not follow that link i didn't really have the 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 time Cameron knows today. what i'm talking about seen it so i it saw i saw right the, the poster yeah um it looks like it was shot with a camcorder from 1995 mm-hmm. see tim the issue is eyeballs so really what it is is like it's like it's um it's an advertisement for your books, right? The Witcher guy. I remember there was a, there was a interview with the author of the Witcher and they're like, so, you know, how closely were you involved in the adaptation? He's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't want to do any work. I just I cashed the checks. Why would I, yeah, I cashed all the checks. Why would I do I'm like, you're my hero. Yeah. <laughs> just like get somebody who's great at it, leave it to them and just go break your books and sell your books. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I got to that point, like as a writer, when I realized like, I actually don't really want to be involved in that world because it's a mess i'm like i am perfectly high per- perfectly fine being like i'll be your strategic creative advisor on stuff and you can just send me checks and that'll be fine yeah there you go 
Murr, I'll start with you. What what sort of media have you been enjoying recently? Movies, TV, books, music, that kind of thing. Um, we're all it, it feels like the olden days when we're actually catching up on Star Trek when it airs. Mm-hmm. It just feels so nostalgic to actually care about what day of the week a TV show comes out on. But uh just watched the season finale of the Lower Decks, and I'm just loving that show so freaking much that they're doing the 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 thing you're not supposed to do in television, where everyone's growing, everyone's like growing up. growing as a person, yeah, as a, oh, as a person, yeah, <laughs> grow- they're getting bigger, <laughs> changing as a person. they're gonna be giants soon, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and that's really refreshing. But uh, we have been kind of really getting into the Devil's Plan. The Devil's, I think, the Devil's Plan on Netflix. It's a uh, Korean reality show that's heavily focused on games, and it's like it's it's like Survivor without the environment, and it's like Squid Game without the murder. But Aww. uh it's like it's just and they're all like name names in Korean uh pop culture. There's like a, a television celebrity and there's a couple of YouTube fans or t- YouTube famous people, and there's like a professional go player and also an orthopedist. And so it's like and one J-pop guy and or K-pop, excuse me. And um, so yeah, they they do their their little games and sometimes they're cutthroat and then when they're cutthroat someone goes home and then they all cry and then the next day the same thing happens and they're all shocked again that they have sent one of their own home and then they cry and um i felt like it started out really strong i i discovered that i don't like the games of um werewolf and mafia those those role-playing games yeah um I don't know but I really like watching other people play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was really interesting because they had a very complex mafia type game to start out with. And then some of the other games were kind of a slower thing. But then as you started to realize how intricate this whole thing was, it got really interesting again near the end. So we finished that last night. So it's still very heavily on my mind. Um, What I'm reading, gosh what new stuff am i reading i've got crap i've i've this happens every time someone asks me what i'm reading i'm like there are books i don't understand and um so i'm i'm looking to see what i've been listening to lately cuz i don't remember um i've been getting through a lot of caroline graham stuff does the mm-hmm. midsummer murders books yeah and she's very like she's got a real stephen king esque writing style not on the horror side but on the character building side you know stephen king will build you a like spend five pages building a character and on the sixth page kill them kill them yep and but he'll still like he's he's told me more about some of his characters that just were this there to take a place and then die than like agatha christie whose characterization was not that great so um i've been reading some caroline graham books death of a hollow man um Murder at Mattingly Grange, which is really interesting. Um, I started listening to Howl's Moving Castle, which 
I don't know if it's a culture thing or what, but I remember this from the movie where the main character is is made old and she's just like, all right, I'm old now. How do old people act? Listen here, young whippersnapper. And like, she just accepts it. She's like lost all of her life. She's gone from young woman to old woman. And she's just like, all right, this is the cards I was dealt. And she kind of tries to get a fix for the curse, but not really. She's just really embracing this whole, I'm going to yell at everyone and call him young man. And I just, I have a real problem buying that. (laughs) I know she can't specifically say, hello, I'm young. Someone put a curse on me, but just her acceptance of her curse is bothering me a little bit too much. So I'm actually not sure if I'm going to finish it because I'm just, I get annoyed. But um, I also just bought Travis Baldry's new book, Bookshops and Bone Dust, I think. I haven't read that yet, but I picked it up yesterday. And I'm excited to get the new Christmas horror anthology. Mm. And um, season. yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But I've got a couple of arcs I need to read that I'm looking forward to. So um, yeah, I, and and I'm dipping back into my usual Christmas romance reading for because that's my that that's my comfort this time of year. I don't really like typical romances unless you make them really funny or put Christmas in there. (laughs) Yeah. But of course I could rail against the Christmas romance trope as much as I rail against the amateur sleuth trope. So, Mm -hmm. but I'll save you from that. Yeah. And we have a Hallmark holiday movies coming up as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you seen uh, bodies where have we talked about that one bodies on Netflix? No, I've seen the ads for it, but I know. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, time travel murder mystery. Ooh, um, I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, I think it it built itself up quite a bit. I don't know that I was, I thought I really wanted to be more satisfied with the ending than I was, but um, overall, I thought they did a really good job, and and it was a really great piece of entertainment. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I highly recommend that one for sure. So, Cameron, what did you think of Mrs. Sidhu? Oh, I loved it. Oh, it was great. Again, it's it's twee in the um, more like um, Shakespeare and Hathaway, more mm-hmm. like that kind of vibe going yeah. on. With it. But yeah, I loved it. And she is definitely very much like, yeah, do not hire her as a caterer because someone's going to die. Someone yeah. is going to die. But yeah, and I love the characters. I love her. I love the son. I love the chemistry between her and the um, detective. Um, mm-hmm. I love, yeah, her whole backstory. Um yeah she's just she's adorable and she plays one of the eyes to die in wheel of time she plays Viren as well so. yeah jim suddenly um, has been seeing her everywhere yeah. he's like mm-hmm. is she on all the shows that I watch? <laughs> yeah so that was that was pretty cool too um yeah i really enjoyed that one i like yeah. that too i'm sad that i think i'm through them all but there's still think- Chelsea detective just came out with a new one and i've been watching a lot of harry wild which is mm-hmm. also all right so yeah, I so many murder shows. So many murder shows. Yeah, I uh, we also just watched uh, around Halloween. We watched the Fall of the House of Usher show. Oh yeah, yeah, we started that. Yeah, it's it's got it's got a couple of it's got those kind of flaws that you know some might see it as a flaw and some might see it as a, a feature. In that every that, this is not too much of a spoiler. Every episode is named after a Poe short story. Mm-hmm. So even though the story is about the house of usher that one episode will have a lot of elements from the short story in it 
So if you know the short story, you're not going to be terribly surprised (laughs) with what happens. Also, you know, they say in the beginning, in the very first episode about all the people who are dying. So you know that that's going to happen. So, yeah. And, you know, it it has a very succession vibe. You can tell they sold it as, hey, this is a lot like succession and Mm -hmm. it's the murder and it's Edgar Allan Poe. So, yeah. And gruesome. Very gruesome. Yes. Gruesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, it's like, I don't, I, I know a lot of people sometimes need a lot of content warnings, but I only think about the content warnings that I wish I had, which is Mm. very self-centered of me. But I just want to say that I know a lot of people don't like violence against animals and Mm. the black cat is, has both eye injury and violence against animals. So Mm. yeah. Good times. You mentioned the wheel of time. Did you watch the new season, Cameron? I have one episode left. I all I have left is the. Last well, let me tell you what happens. No, <laughs> I, it's not like I've read the books or anything, and that I know exactly how the series is going to end. <clears throat> no, I, uh, you know, I find it, it it's an extremely frustrating adaptation sometimes because I'm always like, I want it to do things that it doesn't do, but at the same time, it's got a lot of things I really like, which is a bunch of older women doing shit. It's got, again, I love the eyes to die in the water stuff. I love to watch them fight together. It's very, you know, the tank and the heat and the clothy. I love it. Um, I love a world of female privilege. And I thought they did a pretty good job of that, of getting that across. There are some things that still frustrate the hell out of me with that show. Um, but I'm, I'm watching it, even though like how, yeah, like we'll, we'll be an episode in the end of the episode. My husband's like, every time we finish this, I'm never sure if we're going to pick it back up again. Cause you sound so frustrated, but I still am enjoying it. So it's like you can love things and still be critical of them. So I am really enjoying Will of Time. Yeah. Excellent. I would like to suggest um, from Murr's Discord, which, Mm. by the way, if you join her Patreon, you get access to her Discord, similar to if you join Cameron's Patreon, you get access to her her Discord. There are different sections and there's a music section. And uh, we were discussing, uh, someone asked... I had never heard this term before. If there were any noir jazz fans and if they had people had suggestions and I was like, what the heck is noir jazz? Cause I feel like I should be listening to that. And they're like, just imagine the twin peaks vibe. Mm, okay. And I was yeah. like, okay. And mm. they suggested this band um, called Borin and Der club of gore. Now it sounds like a death metal band from Norway but it is actually a three piece with like a drummer, a bass player, and then a multi-instrumentalist piano player, saxophone player. And it's like the smokiest, coolest, slow jazz that sounds like the soundtrack to like the third man or like, it's just fantastic chill music Mm. and great for writing. So Boren and Der Club of Gore. So, and all the guys who are in the band used to be in death metal bands. So they just completely pivoted 180 and went from doing screaming death metal to smoky jazz <laughs> with saxophones. I'm in the story behind that decision. Me too. Although I have noticed that death metal musicians are much more versatile than people realize. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a death metal band called Blood Incantation. <laughs> love the name um and they put out an ambient album that sounds like it could have been like on the blade runner soundtrack 
Mm. Oh, nice. It's got a very Vangelis kind of feel, but with a little yeah. bit more ambient noise. Um, so well, that's... Really... Uh... Sorry? I was going to say, so if you're a writer out there and you're looking for something to listen to, check out Borin and the Club of Gore. Nice. Yeah. So. The thing about death metal for me is I never knew how difficult it was to make your voice do that thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a style to it so that you don't blow out your vocal cords. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, re- I respect what they managed to accomplish with with all that screaming and music stuff. It's definitely a um, it's acquired a uh, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I can take it in very tiny, very small bites. Yeah. About 30 like seconds. Petty four. Right. Uh, I prefer the instrumental versions of those songs rather than the ones with the vocals. Because <laughs> we call it the Cookie Monster vocals in my house. <laughs> you listen to that music with the Cookie Monster vocals. Uh, so um, I think we've been going at it for a while now. We should probably. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Wrap it up and uh, say thank you to Mur for joining us. Thank yeah, you thank you guys episode. for having me. Appreciate. I always appreciate talking to you, Mer. It's been yeah. a while since we've talked like in person. So it has. It has. And I just want to say your assistant was so easy to work with. <laughs> easy to schedule things. Uh-huh. Easy to schedule. Uh-huh. Always available. Just a peach. <laughs> just a real peach. Um, so you can find Mer on the interwebs at merverse.com. That's M-U-R. V-E-R-S-E dot com. It has links to all the books that we mentioned, Chaos Terminal, Station Eternity, the novella, The Ophelia Network that came out in 2022, uh, Six Wakes, links to uh, some other previous books, the Minecraft Lost Journals, Solo, A Star Wars Story, I Should Be Writing, uh, The Shambling Guide to New York City, and Ghost Train to New Orleans. Yes, I'm looking at the website as I am reading all of these. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, that's just all. That is she's all of them. She's a lot. Yeah. She's- and then the podcasts I should be writing, mm-hmm. Ditch Diggers, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can find her on the, like Cameron, on the Blue Sky, primarily now. Not so much mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Twitter, which is, um, is now that meme of a dog sitting and saying everything's mm-hmm. fine in the flames. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone um, the way of live journal. So, right. Well, we got to go back to the BBS boards. That's what's. Yeah. That's what essentially what Discord is. That is what it is. Yeah. We're we're everything's, everything's the circle. It's the wheel of time. Tim. It's the circle of life. <laughs> it's very very, yes. Um, TikTok. You can also find more uh, on there. Uh, going after people like Stephen King. Did uh, not go after him. <laughs> I did not she, go after him. I she just said, pointed sent out. me a video going, did I, did I, did I, should I take this down or something? Like, No, I said, is this the right, is, is it possible I chose the wrong day, which was my book launch day yesterday, to, to post this on TikTok, where I pull out the fact that Stephen King says adverbs are not your friend in one book, and then the next book, he uses the word footlessly. I think that's fair. That's a fair, that's a fair criticism. Just woke yeah, up and I don't, I don't. Chose violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just it had just been something I'd wanted to do for a while, and I was actually going to film my unboxing. And I'm like, well, on writing's right there. 
And I've got my phone in video mode, which it so rarely is. So I might as well take advantage. And yeah, so there you go. Footlessly. You Don't can... let a man who uses the word footlessly tell you you can't use adverbs. I'm yep, surprised it's even a word, to be honest. See, you could get rants like that all the time on TikTok. <laughs> on TikTok. From I our... mean, that's quality content right there, folks. They yeah. can also be sent to your inbox via <laughs> mightymer.substack.com. Join the Substack. Cameron has one, too. Hurley's Heroes. Uh, Murr's currently sharing the uh, National Novel Writing Month updates each day. Evil Murr is actually not mm-hmm. I'm giving terrible advice this month. Terrible mm-hmm. advice. But it's very consistent. I've been getting those daily. So, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, I haven't done it today. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Even Evilmer needs a break. You've I done know, six I days know. on the seventh day. Evilmer rested. <laughs> uh, and you're both on Instagram. That's all the. Um, yeah, and then you can the get stuff, Cameron's things, yeah. website is uh, CameronHurley.com. It's where you can go to uh, listen to this podcast. If you didn't know, if you're wondering how am I listening <laughs> to this already, <laughs> if you haven't already figured it out, that welcome to the website. Perhaps you're on one of the various streaming services. <laughs> That's how, and then this, this is how you find it. It's where you can go to sign up for uh, the Patreon, and there's a monthly uh, short story that comes out with behind the scenes and footage from Cameron and real time writing videos. If you subscribe at those levels, very reasonable. And you get the uh, Discord for both Patreons, as we mentioned earlier. So. Don't miss it. You get great recommendations. So there you go. Yes. Honestly, that's where I curate most of my like stuff now. Like mm-hmm. it used to be you'd go on Twitter and there'd be a conversation or something. And you go, oh, that's a sh- cool show. I'm going to check that out. Now it's in the discords. Mm-hmm. We've all retreated to our little funnels yep. of yeah. our safe spaces. Circle life. There you go. Would you like to take us out, Cameron? I went, Murr, get back to work. <laughs> I will do so. Thank you, Cameron. Thanks again for joining us, Mark. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you guys. Thank you.